We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. The basement is hot and sticky and humid and damp and cold all at the same time in July. And I would know, Scott, I'm in the basement myself, just like the Yankees. What's up? You are a basement dweller. You've been there. Um, you, we should check the math on this one, actually. When you let, went to huh. the basement, what the Yankees record is since uh, since that point, because now it's gone full circle, at least for you. Um, yeah. It's all of those things. We're absolutely in the basement. I sent a screenshot to our chat last night uh, after the game concluded um, with uh, with the Yankees square uh, square in last place. It's never good to see that graphic. And uh, and yeah, and I could see it, even though one of my eyes, if you're looking at this on YouTube, and I'm sure Ilya will be a, a gem and, and screenshot me in my uh, zoom in on in, in all my glory. Uh, yeah. Poison Ivy, Poison Oak, Poison Sumac, whatever the hell, something poisonous. Uh, some of those oils reach my uh, my hands while 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 doing yard work, and um, reaping uh, reaping the benefits of that with a completely yesterday it was completely swollen shut, but today I can see a little bit, so that's good. So yeah, here we are. It, 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 it's not good. it's not good. That was we we've talked about rock bottom for this team a lot over the past few years because it seems like they've hit rock bottom and then they dig a hole even deeper and they just belly flop right into it. Yesterday, sometimes they bounce back. They bounce back. Sometimes we were like, "Oh, that was bottom." Oh no, 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 that was bottom. And then you can look back and identify the true bottom. Well, I don't know how much more bottom it gets than yesterday's complete cluster of a game in Colorado. One of it was a gift too. It was a gift. The game was a gift to the Yankees uh, because of the throwing errors. And just, you know, Colorado's a bad team, and Yankees were like, "Oh, we can match that." You guys, you guys suck this bad. We can, we can also suck this bad to go from the from the players to the manager um yeah it was a it was a it was it was probably up there top three worst losses of the of the season there's there's some crazy stat about the yankees having a two-run lead after the eighth inning is the first time mm-hmm. in history that they've lost Twice. that game two two run leads two yeah eighth inning or later that the first time ever that the franchise has blown a game when you have two two run leads after yeah. the eighth 
which is wild, you know, especially given the uh, the history of the Yankees bullpen. It just doesn't happen. It hasn't happened. And and I know that the the Yankees bullpen is struggling. We have some numbers for that, but they have been a strength. Uh, in in fact, they were the best bullpen up until the last couple of weeks here before the All Star break. We do have some in numbers. baseball. Last 21 games for the Yankees bullpen, 24 innings pitched, a 7.46 ERA, a 5.3 walks per nine innings. How many games? Last how many games? 21 games, 24 innings pitched. Wow. Okay. I did. That's more than I thought it was. I thought it was, uh, I thought the sample size was less than that. That's a significant amount. It it definitely seems like it was isolated to, I believe the second to last game against Baltimore. uh, The last time they played Baltimore when they blew a lead and then, um, the, you know, sort of the last four or five days heading into the all-star break. But yeah, if you date back 21 games, been terrible. And we're not suggesting that the bullpen is the problem on this team. I mean, they've Except been for, a problem. Unless your name is Nick Ramirez. <laughs> they've been a problem as we just identified, but like largely the bullpen is a strength of this team and has carried this team for much of the second half. But when the margin of error is so slim, because this team does not hit with runners in scoring position, they can't manufacture runs. They can't, score runs consistently the starting pitching other than your just random perfect game or whatever does not go deep into the game so the bullpen has so much stress put on it garrett cole was amazing yesterday he was dominant but he pitched six innings okay so you still have to get three innings out of your bullpen when your starting pitcher was filthy and dominant he was also not the reason they lost yesterday but it just is a factor It's just a factor to the brokenness of this team. And then you come to the manager, change all the hitting coaches you want, change all the coaches around him, change everything. The fact of the matter is, like we said last week, the head of the snake is still there. And the head of the snake still can't get his head out of his own ass to call a replay in time or make a pitching change when he should. Or leave a starting pitcher in when it's clear he's dominant, Domingo Herman, and at like 77 pitches, and, and he just wanted to get him on a high note going into the all-star break. Dumb shit after dumb shit with this manager. He is clueless. He is completely in over his head. He's regressing. Every single day he regresses. I've never seen somebody get worse at a job day after day like he has. 2018, he had his flaws. He had his faults. He's, he made a lot of bad decisions. He was like a better manager in 2018 somehow than he well, is right I, now. I think maybe he didn't have to do as much too. And you can go on, on a little bit on, on autopilot and hide that stuff too. I think that definitely happens. Whatever, the, whatever, the, the, whatever the fact of the matter mm-hmm. is, he's terrible. He's terrible. And then he, he, he can't even sit there. He, he sits there after the game and, and just shout out Chris Kirshner. Thank you for asking the question. He says, all season long, the organization has said this is a championship caliber team. After losing two of three to the worst team in the NL, do you still believe that? And Aaron Boone just gets so defensive because he can't entertain any negativity. Oh, how dare you ask that question? No, no, no. Do you, the reason you lost today, Boone, is because you outsucked the suckiest team in the National League. It wasn't who's going to win this game. It's who's going to decide to lose this game. And the Yankees decided to lose that game, even though Colorado was like, I'm going to try and lose this game too. It was the Spider-Man meme, just two crap bag teams pointing at one another. Yeah, and you know, the the mistakes, the decisions that you make or not make on a on the diamond are, are one thing within the, within the field of play, the subs, you know, who, who you're bringing in for pitchers, who you're starting on a given day. That's one thing that's, you know, players have to cooperate to a, to an extent at that point as well. But when you're, when you're in the, I think it was, the, it was the 10th inning and you have a, an extremely close play. And when, uh, and you're looking at replay, the, 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 the play looked different where the out uh, Bader was called out at third, you look at the replay. I'm not sure if it was going to be overturned. It was close enough to not be yeah, overturned. It was close enough not. to be overturned, but it doesn't matter. It's the 10th inning. What are you waiting for? You don't, you don't save your challenges at that point in the game. The game could be over in a flash. You could end the game by, by you know, creating a much better situation for your team to score runs. And he just chose not to. He, he was looking for, for guidance from someone else. Because and, and, and he can't make a decision time. on his own. He, he's incapable time. of making a decision on his own. He was watching the play. It doesn't even matter. Even it doesn't it's, even... it's bang, bang. Make Call the replay right there. Who, who just... gives a crap what the guy down the tunnel is saying? Just yeah. It's the 10th inning. You're not trying to save challenges at that point. This, no. is, this is the game right here. Yeah, and you that's don't just wait. completely. That, that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. The the instincts to to not none 
to the None. instincts to wait on somebody to tell him to do something is crazy. Like he's got to get permission to do something yes. at all times. It feels like, and he doesn't go forward and do it because I don't know if it's his brain is not, is not, you know, processing them something fast enough and, and he's able to do something in the moment and he needs that help. But whatever it is, uh, the man very well could have cost the game because of that non-decision because of the, the waiting on it. And the fact that they called them out and like, sorry, Boone, 15 second clock, you're after it. You can't do it anymore. Whether whether we want to uh, and, and we agree with you or not, can't do it because you waited too damn long. Good. At a, at Good. a pivotal it just moment. highlights the the ineptitude, ineptitude. Yeah. of Aaron Boone. And that's ignoring the fact, terrible base running decision by Harrison Bader after a terrible base running decision by Oswald Peraza making the third out at third base. We're, just no coaching at all on this team. How like yeah. they make errors in the field. They make errors on the base paths. They have terrible at bats with, with, uh, in big spots. They can't execute a bunt. They can't do simple things up and down. It just up and down. This team is inept. Yeah. Yeah. With a lot of high praise talent up and down the lineup Great. too. Two, 200 plus million dollar, almost $300 million payroll as we figured out on the last trade deadline episode like they, you want to you want to shine some light on the uh on on someone's ass because because there was something that i saw that that i appreciated well two maybe because one one of one of one person continued glaber continued to play well offensively stole a highlight or still a a, a you know a, a bright spot in the lineup and made a did make a um uh, some nice defensive plays as well and uh, and our boy DJ LeMayhew, uh, I don't know if this was a Colorado homecoming and he needed to do something or he took the break off and realized and just like strapped it. First of all, I'm doubling down on the fact that that he does not look injured to me, like, still does not look injured to me. And if, and if he were injured, then we would not see this man be be running the way he is. He's not fast. I do believe that the injury caused mechanical flaws in his swing. That, that's really that's where I am right now. I'm, I'm almost like firmly believing that that position. And it's a matter of him now making whatever adjustment is uh, to to combat you know the way that the the the, the foot feels different. But he looked good. He looked good over the series, and uh, hopefully it's you know a sign of things to come because DJ LeMahieu getting multi having multi hit games is is one of the key reasons uh, this this lineup can start turning over and and produce at a much higher level. He's a he's a, he's an important cog and can be a much more important cog if he starts playing well. First multi back-to-back multi-hit games for DJ since April 23rd and 24th. And if you just look at his uh, stretch into the all-star break, he was in a seven for 39 slump, which is a 180 batting average over 46 plate appearances with a sub 300 on base and, and almost a sub 200 slugging percentage. Which is crazy because it's just, you don't see that from that player. Awful, awful. Yeah. And, and, and Stanton, you know, potentially going on a little bit of a run too, because he, uh, he had a big three run home run. On Saturday, after hitting the home run, which was the only offense on Friday, and I, I had some numbers in here, I just can't find them right now on stamp, but it's something like four home runs uh, over his last five games or something like that. Um, potentially, you know, about to go on a run from him. Well, yeah, hopefully uh, his runs aren't getting shorter. <laughs> That's the it's only just thing a five with him. Game run. Yeah, it's not. It's not like you know a two week uh, hot torrid streak like like we've been seeing because as he's getting older, obviously those will probably slow down. But so like, I, it, it's really difficult to, you, you talk about those couple of positives from this series. Great. Like Clark Schmidt was also good uh, after what looked like was yeah. going to be a disastrous start. Like he, he plunks a battery box in a run. And you're like, what, what the hell is going on with this? But yeah. his numbers over his past 45 innings is uh, pitched to a 2.6 ERA, 37 strikeouts. He's been really, really good. That works out to nine starts or nine games started as well. And, and he had one stinker in there, but the majority... All the other, I think eight out of nine, he went at least five innings, um, and and most of them into the in, it was uh, into the sixth inning and seventh inning. So he's been really good. I mean, we were killing him early. Uh, he was a guy that I was really excited oh, about to start. One the of the season. worst starting pitchers in baseball for the yeah, first he was bad month and a half. He was bad, but one of the if you look at that that stat line too, one of the um, you know one of the biggest things on there is the uh, are the walks. Uh, Forty five innings pitched, nine walks, and to yeah. me. That's exactly what we were talking about when he was struggling. The man was not hitting the glove uh, of whoever was uh, putting it up behind the plate. Uh, even when he was throwing strikes, 
he would be missing the glove. He just wasn't hitting his spots. He was not crisp. He was, he really had problems with his command and anybody, anybody who's, uh, who, who takes the mound in the major leagues, if you can't command your fastball or command your secondary pitches, you're going to have problems and, and you're going to get, uh, you're going to get spotted up on, on certain areas of the zone. And that's what exactly what was happening to him. So the fact that he's thrown a lot more strikes, it just, it plays to his pitching repertoire, obviously, um, and allows him to expand the zone with, uh, with more of his pitches. And that's when you're getting, you know, a lot more of, uh, um, of impact from him. So that's good to see. He pitched into the seventh inning for the first time ever in a start for him in his career. And uh, was, I read an interesting quote. I forget where I saw this. I think it might've been an athletic article. He said that in the, in the bullpen, he had just an awful curveball. He had no feel for it. Yeah. So his mindset in the game was just throw it in the dirt. And it ended up being like a really effective pitch for him. That's fine. And Co- Cone has talked about that on, on yes broadcast before where, it, it sometimes, you know, usually bullpen before the game will translate into the game where, okay, I'm feeling really good with my slider. And then yes, your slider is really good in the game. And sometimes it's just the complete opposite. It's just one of those random things, but he did pitch, you know, into the seventh inning. He didn't get an out in the seventh inning, but he pitched into the seventh inning, but going back to Cole, you know, only pitching six innings, 102 pitches. Maybe this is also, you know, more criticism for the manager. H- how about extending Cole a little bit? Now, I'm not yeah. saying every single time out he needs to throw 115 pitches, but when when you're when trying you're to win both, a series against a bad to win team a series coming out of the All Star break, and yeah. he's what, been, he's what been happened so to coming dominant. out of the All Star break with a, with feeling good? Like he could easily have gone out there and even gotten you an out or two, which maybe puts you in a better position to close out that game with the bullpen guys that you have available. Or maybe he has an 11 pitch inning and he only finishes at 113 pitches. Like that's not that crazy for Garrett Cole, especially after he he came off the all-star break. He only pitched one inning in the all-star game last Tuesday. It's like, there's just no, there's there's no change. Hold on. There's no changing what the plan is or just the status quo with this team. Boone is just, Oh, he's, he's at a hundred pitches. Six innings, gotta pull him. No, nothing. No adjustments. No adjustments. Larry David. I don't know. Because because he's just such a dumbass. (laughs) He's such a dumbass. So the as much as I want to kill Boone, like the guys that were pitching didn't get the job done either. You know, Kaylee was terrible. Kaylee, after not giving up a run all season. Just the last two outings just completely falls on his face. Well, yeah, he 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 would he walk the leadoff guy, then there was a bleeder loaded the bases, to, to thir- loaded the, the bleeder bases. to third base. That's a ground ball. Like it was just a little bit of of uh, uh, bad luck from the pitcher side too. Oh, yeah, Clay bad Holmes luck is was, bad was, luck is why the Yankees lost that game yesterday. That's not why they lost the game, but I'm I'm, I'm going individual here. I think Canley had well, a little bit of bad luck. Well, but you know what the fucked up thing is? I bet Aaron Boone looks at some of those bleeders and stuff. Yeah, and he's no, using he does. The bad he commented about it. Oh no, no, he already he he does. And he he mentioned them and and what about Colorado gifting you runs to tie the game by throwing the ball yeah, away? Hundred percent, like, dude. It, and Clay it, Holmes all evens just, out in the end. Was that Clay Holmes' first home run given up? Was it or if it, it was the year right? Yeah, and it was a piss slam, missile slam slam to center field. It was a, it was a rocket. <laughs> I, there was I I didn't think that ball had a chance going out, but it was hard hit hard enough, and I guess the air up there just keeps those line drives up. So just, but yeah, it was a piss. It was a piss. It was a piss missile. So it's like, yeah, the, the offense on Friday night after scoring early did nothing. They had opportunities, and then after the game, Aaron Boone said, "Oh, I really liked our at bats tonight." And and he specifically called out Josh Donaldson, who yes, he did walk once, but he went over three. And then Donaldson's hitting cleanup the next. What are we doing here? He had to, well, it was obligated. It was the, the hour long swirly session where he had to make sure that he was in the, in the top four of the lineup, at least once a week. Brian and Cashman needs to go out and get another bat just so Aaron Boone can't put Josh Donaldson in the cleanup spot. Well, Josh Donaldson's hurt now. So that's, yeah. No, that's I know something. Josh Donaldson is hurt now. What's up, Logan? No, he definitely was hurt like before that. Cause he DH both games. And remember he did the calf thing before the all-star break. Like oh, so now we're playing at hurt uh, hurt Donaldson is, who's sitting hitting sub one fifty right exactly clean up exactly what clean up yeah great yeah well because he's got all the ability to hit the home run because so. he liked his at bats yeah how about using yeah, your no, eyes look, and it's, realizing it's, the guy doesn't get any hits he can't get a hit I don't give a fuck what is that bat look he can't get a hit yeah it's bad well now we got you know we got the we got the kid up here and it's 
It's going to be tough, I think, to get rid of him. Uh, the kid, 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 the kid, the kid making the third out at third base. Yeah, well, that's excitement. I'm, I'm not killing him for you know trying to stretch something. I understand. I am. Understand. Terrible it. base running decision by Peraza. Terrible. Okay. Yeah, it's not good. Again, not going to kill him for for why for aren't coming you going to kill and, him? And, because we're, we're, he's, he's is he not coached in the minor? Does the Yankees coaching ineptitudes extend down to the minor leagues and they can't coach? I think smart when you're running? a young player and you're trying to do a little too much in the early, in the first Great. game or two that you're up, and that's exactly what we saw. Okay, well, I think it's a it's a deeper issue, and that this organization has no fucking clue what they're doing. Well, that's that's not wrong. There, we've seen that now over the last few ten years. They just they can't put something together. They can't coach young talent well enough. You're not wrong. Unless you're Peraza, Aaron Judge. Peraza, you know, give him a beat. Unless you're Aaron Judge who took coaching upon himself and went out and found a new hitting instructor to completely revamp his swing and turn him into one of the best players in Major League Baseball. He did. If you're right. Glaber Torres and the team. Don't kill Glaber Torres him, right now. Don't kill Glaber Torres right now. Relax. I'm just saying if you're Glaber Torres and the team is coaching a young player who came up and was an all-star in his first couple of years and then they get their paws on him. Yeah, he's just gone downhill every year. I know he's hitting right now. Great, he's gone downhill. He's been the year. most consistent hitter on this team. Not that is not saying a lot. I'm just saying he is. So I'm not going to spend that's time like being the skinniest kid hitting. at fat camp, dude. They don't do that anymore. You're not. Allowed I know to. they. Did, but what was that movie? Heavyweights. Heavyweights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they did make a movie out of that. God bless the '90s. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh... <laughs> did, you hanging out with your, did you hang out with your dad this weekend no i had a nice phone conversation with him yesterday though okay <laughs> <laughs> I, I can tell when there's been time because like it's just this weekend yesterday was was raining all day so harrison was inside all day and i'm watching the game on the ipad and he's as he's got stinky and dirty on the tv Have you ever heard of stinky and dirty it's this like budget amazon show about a trash truck and a oh, bulldozer yeah, named it. stinky and dirty yeah and it's just playing on loop for six straight hours in my yeah. house. There are, watching worse, the there are worse shows. It's fine. But I'm just watching the Yankees crap all over themselves in Colorado as Stinky and Dirty is blasting and he's slamming shit into the walls. I'm yeah. losing my goddamn mind yesterday, okay? Well, and the Yankees are not helping. Well, I didn't have internet all weekend because lightning took out Good, my so internet you couldn't on watch. Friday. Oh, no. I was watching. And it was fuzzy and it wasn't coming in well and I was still watching. All right? So I was listening to John and Susan half the time. Then I would turn it on, get some fuzzy, uh, fuzzy things, some some laggy, laggy uh, uh, gameplay. So yeah, you know what? It was a struggle for everybody this weekend. My brother was at all three games. Shout out to the guys in Denver. All right, um, right. Yeah, they all they all met doing the the BP crew stuff, and uh, and and he was at all three games. Oh, yesterday, such a brutal game to be at because the yeah. Yankees fans did show up. The whole weekend they showed up. Yeah, I think yesterday was uh, or Saturday was the biggest crowd they've had at that stadium this year. So, Yankee fan showed up. Um, he was wearing his throwback uh, Judge jersey, which which uh, I had to get for him because he had Wait, a name on the, the back. Wait, what's the throwback Judge? It's like it's like a Cooperstown, but it's Judge. It's ninety nine. Hmm. I thought it was cool. no name. I thought it was no a cool name, jersey. No, no name because he had one. I was like, what are we doing? You can't you, you can't be related to me and and have a have a name on the back of your jersey. That can't happen. So I had to remedy that situation. The only jersey name I ever had on the back was a Bernie Williams, but it was not a regular jersey. It was a, a jersey. That's not that doesn't count. No, it wasn't a jersey. It was a uh, All Star game. I think nineteen ninety eight or nineteen ninety nine Bernie Williams jersey. Okay, it wasn't a Yankee Williams jersey. On, no, it was an American League Bernie doesn't Williams count. jersey. Doesn't count. I'm not saying it counts. I'm just saying it's the only jersey I've ever owned with a name on the back was a Bernie yeah. Williams. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, before we talk about some uh, injury updates and uh, some trade deadline rumors, I want to tell you guys about the easiest way to buy tickets for whatever you want to go to, and that is game time. You can buy sporting event tickets, concerts, comedy shows, theater, and many, many more things with, uh, with game time. The app has so many cool features and is easy to use. It shows you trending tickets, what sections have the best deals, and it calls out cheap options and flash sales. Something tells me there might be some flash sales for the next Yankees homestand with how they're playing and much, much more so you can make an informed purchase. There's also event cancellation protection so you can buy with confidence. One thing I, I do miss doing uh, when I lived in New York City 
occasionally I would jump on, you know, game time and I would just buy a ticket to a Tuesday night game, get in the building for like $9. And that is something I miss living close to the stadium. So if you live close to the stadium, definitely open up the game time app and just check out what the ticket prices are. Cause you might be surprised. You also get images of your seats before you buy the buying process is fast. It's just two taps and you're done. And they, the tickets go directly to your phone. So you don't have to dig through your email to find them. Snag tickets without stress with game time. Go to download the game time app, create an account and use code Bronx for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Once again, download the app, create a account and use code Bronx for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you to game time for sponsoring us. They're going to be with us through the postseason. That's a long time. Hopefully. If, if that happens. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, quickly, just wrapping up some uh, some terrible Yankee stats. They're now 11-15 in one-run games and 5-7 and in extra innings. Just keeps getting worse for close games. You still All like right. the, uh, the, the Ghost Runner, quote-unquote? I have, I have no problem asking. with the Ghost Runner. Not, I'm not, I'm just I have problems with the Yankees, not the Ghost Runner. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Maybe they'd be right. better if the, if the runner were a ghost. Not really there. Yeah. You know? no base Maybe they years. wouldn't have gotten thrown out at third base twice. Yeah. Just give that guy the base. Aaron Judge took BP on Friday in Colorado, and Judge said it's, quote, tough to describe the feeling in his toe. And that he, quote, wouldn't call it pain. It's kind of like Carlos Rodon's back. It's just, you can it's, feel it. I, it's not painful. I can just feel it. It's just there. I can feel my toe. So, uh, you know, his toe probably feels stiff. It's probably, you know, not bending uh, the flexibility as it, as it were, bef- as, it, as it did before he had the injury. Um, and... I assume it's just, yeah, it does feel like it's just like a, an appendage there that doesn't have a lot of feeling. It's like, uh, you just lose some, some, so it's like numb, uh, and really stiff. So the, does it hurt? It's probably the ligament inside there is probably swollen, has scar tissue. And that's what makes it just feel weird. But I think at some point the, the, the pain goes away until you, until you impact it again in the wrong way. And it's going to hurt like hell, which will happen. 
So he also said it's not healed, so obviously it is what it is, but we're making progress every day. I've got no date. I've got nothing for you on that, but you're asking how I'm feeling and how we're progressing. We're progressing well and getting closer. So him saying it's not healed, so obviously it is what it is. I, I don't know that that's maybe necessarily a bad thing. Like it might, the doctors might have told him like this is not going to heal until the off season fully, but if you're not feeling pain, it's one of those you can't do any more damage to it, obviously, unless you slam it into another cement wall but uh maybe he'll wear a steel toe shoe i don't know well i don't i don't necessarily think that the impact of it is going to be the only reason the Im impact is going to be the only way that you can re-aggravate that thing i think if you could if he, he runs on it, do it running and stuff oh absolutely yeah for sure yeah I well think if he, that's if the he case flexed, if he think... flexes on it the wrong way or if he pushes off the wrong way and, and too much of his weight is goes on that i mean it's something's going to happen. It's going to so be irritating. So do you think then they're going to wait until it's fully healed to bring him back? I don't back? think they can because I don't that's, think it's going to be fully healed. That's what I'm saying. Like I, it, this toe might take five months of sitting in the off season to fully yes. heal. Similar to LeMahieu. I don't know if they've, if anybody's talked about the comparison to the injuries as far as like the actual injury itself. Judge mentioned it in a quote. I mean, they talked, ago. they talked about it. That's what got me nervous about the whole thing. But um Again, I don't know like the 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 details of the injury depending on you know if they are a similar way and and you know at at some point he's going to need surgery or he just lets it heal and there's a decision to be made. I don't know. Um I hope not. I hope it's just a matter of it it needs time to heal. Um but yeah, he's not going to be allowed that time until the off season. So he's going to be playing injured and I know that they're taking swing he's taking swings, he feels good doing that and everybody is the way that they're talking. It does sound like he's going to be hitting sooner than later. Um, and and just maybe limited playing in the field. So we'll see. I have a feeling he's healthier than than what what we know though. It, that's what that's what it's kind of leading me to believe. Boone said he'll know when he's ready. So is this decision on Judge when he's ready to come back? I think partially, yeah. I think they're they're probably listening to him quite a bit. Yeah, as long as he's assured that you know you can't get injured more. That's what uh, I'm saying. More, more but, extreme. But, like you can re-injure it. You can re-injure it in the sense that it could get worse and it, it might not feel better, but it's nothing long-term. It may be just short-term. So if he's, uh, you know, if he's given that assurance, then, then it's a pain tolerance thing and it's a feel thing. So yeah, you really do have to feel, you have to rely on the player for telling you how, how things are and how uh, no doctor can tell you how it feels. What if it's a situation where off season, he might need surgery regardless. So yeah. Yes, you could injure it more, but you're going to have to get surgery anyway. So hopefully you don't injure it more because then that would put you out for the rest of the season. But if you just play on it and manage it and then get it fixed in the offseason. Well, even if it's just rest in the offseason, you have enough time for it to rest. Because if it, if it were to re-injure, it would get back to the you know square one and there should be enough time in the offseason for it to heal at that point as well. So that's mm -hmm. what it sounds like. It sounds like he, go back, he goes back to square one, day two of the injury, and if it were the offseason – um, he'd be able to rest long enough for it to, to be better. Or like you said, you know, if surgery is an option at one point, then that will always be an option, whether he plays on it or he injures it. So we were talking before recording that it might just be one of those things where all of a sudden judges in the lineup one day. Yeah. And it's not going to be a, a announcement like judge is coming back next Tuesday night or something like that. It's just, right. you look at the lineup card. Oh, judge is hitting second DHing. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. Logan was talking about that early uh, before we started here, and I think that the fact that they're not giving us timetables, like I don't think this is a normal rehab situation because if you're getting this guy out there uh, and he's okay to take swings, you want those swings, especially with the way that this team is going. You want them to be here. He can't be any worse than anybody else on this team. Um, so you might as well go out there. Like really, that that was kind of a situation we were in also when you know some of these guys rehabbing in the pitcher side earlier in the season, like just get them out there and throwing because it's. Well, that was than, the hold on. That was the Severino thought. It's like, yes. oh, he, he he made two rehab starts. Five, like it's it can't be worse than what at that time Clark Schmidt was doing and stuff, or or Brito or whoever. It got worse. <laughs> Look how it's been with Luis Severino. <laughs> it got worse. All right, good point. Um, on the offensive side, I don't think it can get worse. So. I agree with you, and I think Judge might go through you know four games of slumping before he figures it out and is back to being Aaron Judge, as long as he's relatively healthy. But it might be mostly DH for him if he does come back. And it'll be interesting to see when he does come back and to see how you know is his swing modified, is the is that step um, modified, the you know what he's doing with his lower body modified. Does he is he losing a lot of his power because of um, of the foot? So. 
there'll be a lot of things to scrutinize and identify and just monitor as he's going out there. A lot of fun things to see well, and speculate about, but yeah, but still it, give me no stride and I would rather him out there. <laughs> left-handed. They have him hitting left-handed. I'll take right. it. Yeah. Uh, they did interestingly put him, uh, you know, have him take batting practice in Colorado, just feeling good, right? The ball is going to travel further. Just feeling yeah. extra good about the, about the ball coming off his bat. Yeah. I mean, who gives a shit where the ball goes at this point? Just physically, can he swing the bat at a, at a, at a, but he could know, have at, done that in a cage underneath a tunnel in a tunnel somewhere. Yeah. He, he took it on field. Right. Everyone can see it on field. If he's taking swings in a cage in the basement Which, of Yankee again, Stadium, again leads leads me to believe that he's healthier than we all think he no, is. No, I'm agreeing with you. But yeah. if they were just really just trying to test, let's see if you take 20 swings, how the toe feels, they would have done that in a cage somewhere. And I'm sure they already have. So Probably. this was this was the secondary piece of of him doing, you know, feeling good in the tunnel, and now you're you're out and to so everybody can see you. <clears throat> One thing we didn't mention from the series is Radon's start. He threw 88 pitches in five innings. He gave up four runs. Uh, he did not have his command. He threw three wild pitches and walked two. His quote after the game was, I was in a lot of hitters counts in that three-run second inning. I've just got to work on getting ahead. I definitely wasn't good. I don't know if it's rust. I mean, it's just baseball. It wasn't good tonight. Let's just put it that way. And that inning, that second inning was interesting. There was uh, that Brenton Doyle two-run double over IKF's head. When I watched that, I wasn't like, oh, I, I was not blaming IKF at, at first glance, like on that play. Like Radon gave up a line drive over the left fielder's head and it one hopped the left field wall. Like bad. That ball actually had a 70% catch probability and only a 310 expected batting average. And IKF took a step in before going back. IKF is actually tied fifth worst in Major League Baseball for all left fielders for DRS, tied with Jake Bowers. So the Yankees' left field situation, as we know, has been a disaster. Defensively, offensively, everything. Left field, bad. Need an outfielder. But it's just that play also just highlighted how bad left field has been for the Yankees. 26th in left field production, 81 WRC+, negative .2 F4, and minus 5 outs above average for the Yankees' left field this year. Yeah, it's it's not good. They need to address the outfield. Clearly, we've been saying that since the offseason. So, what the um, hell are they waiting for? Yeah, just make them make a make a move. And and you know, line drives similar to the way that the the ball came off of the bat um, against that against Clay Holmes in that home run. Uh, that was Crone, right? That hit that ball. The yes. uh, he's an ugly motherfucker too, by the way. He just <laughs> looks like a he just looks like a bad guy in, in a movie. Uh, you know, who walks up there? Looks like a just, Bond villain. Yeah, you know, like a bad guy in like a major league movie. But he, um, <laughs> he, he, uh, anyway, the, the line drives in Colorado definitely come off the bat different. So you get, you take one step in and it's probably disaster because that, that ball is it's a big know, outfield too, like rocketing past you. It's a lot of ground yeah. to cover in those outfields. Yeah. You're just no. not gonna be able to catch. You're not gonna be able to rebound like you would anywhere else. I, I would, I would assume. So IKF will, will certainly learn to, uh, they haven't been there in a while. He has never played outfield there. Right. I assume. So I can't imagine that's a yes. tough assignment. Yeah. I'm not blaming IKF. Like he you better not be. He's a he's a third baseman that was a, put at shortstop and then put in center field and now he's a catcher first. I'm blaming Brian Cash. I'm blaming Brian Cashman for not getting a left fielder in the offseason when they clearly needed a left fielder in the offseason and they were going to be relying on Aaron Hicks and Oswaldo Cabrera and obviously we know how that turned out. You know, we could have been swept if Randall Gritchick uh, had played all three games as well. Thank God he went down, uh, you know, no, no, not rooting for an injury by any means. But at the same time, that guy has absolutely uh, killed us when he was with the Blue Jays. Never uh, not the Yankees. Yeah. So the, I, I saw um, Feinstein tweet something about, yeah, Cody Bellinger is a, you know, a perfect fit for yeah, left field. But look at Randall Gritchick. I'm like, no, 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 no. This guy has destroyed us for years. Do you think that he's going to do that on the Yankees? No, he's going to suck. He's going to be the worst player out there. He's going to kill the Yankees in another way and just going to be on our team. And we're going to hate him even more. That's mm -hmm. what's going to happen. Like Randy Johnson. Like Murdered Steve the Pierce. Yankees. Like Steve Pierce. No, I need you need to go to a no-name person. who who does. Steve okay. Pierce was exactly that guy. Killed us with the Orioles. Killed us with the Red Sox. Won a World Series for the Red Sox, basically. MVP, and, wasn't and, he MVP? Yes. That? I don't know if it was the World Series or the or that the ALCS. Uh, he won like a series MVP that playoff. Yes, he did. Boston. He went. Buck. He won the World Series MVP. World, World Series. Series. World Series MVP. Just 
just shows you what like the right addition to a particular team can can do at some points too. Obviously, it takes some uh, some some luck in getting hot, but yeah, I want nothing to do with him. Nothing. Well, I was comparing it to Randy Johnson because he's the one that I always think of. Like, killed you when he was with Seattle, beat you in the playoffs. Killed you when he was with the Diamondbacks, beat you in the playoffs. They acquire him, killed you when he was with the Yankees because he sucked so bad. Yeah, just well, like there anyway. you go. Nestor Cortez is nearing a rehab assignment and he expects to return in the first week of August. So we've got ourselves a trade deadline acquisition. Good. They need him. I need his, uh, they I need, need Nestor I, I Cortez need of last year, not Nestor Cortez of yeah. this year. And I, you know, he's going to be that guy. He'll be, he'll be back. I need Nestor Cortez back on the mound. I need to see his, uh, his average looking body out there doing well. <laughs> What's yes, up, Logan. Logan? Um, so last night, Mark Feinsand said like that the Yankees had interest in Bellinger and Randall Gritchick as a name, but then before, like 20 minutes ago, he tweeted that besides outfield help, they are, um, seeking to upgrade its catching, starting rotation and back end of the bullpen in the next two weeks. Everything. So just everything. Yeah. <laughs> we're just, we're just making a new team. Catching is interesting. Cause yeah. we Not did third t- base. We don't need a third baseman. <laughs> That's right. Kid. Third hmm. base. Nothing catching. We did talk about catching. Um, we mentioned it in our trade deadline, uh, our GM episode, that it could be upgraded. I just didn't think it, it's not easy to upgrade catching mid. You can only upgrade it on the offensive side. You can't upgrade it on the defensive side. So that's and I don't me, think that's catching is a pat- problem. If you no, upgrade not. offensively around the diamond and in the outfield, you don't need to upgrade catching offensively. I've been screaming this from the rooftops for how many years now? I don't give a shit what my catcher does with the bat. I really don't. I could care less. If he, if he, if he produces, um, you know, average or even below average, and he's a, he's a, like a very, very good, um, receiving catcher, a guy that blocks the ball, a guy that handles the pitching staff. Well, um, I will take that every single time over an offensive catcher because it's, it's a, it's a unicorn. It's a, it's a Adley Rushman type that you, you get, you know, the Buster Posey's of the world, the Jorge Posada's of the world that can do both. And even Jorge Posada early on was not a defensive catcher. And he, I think he improved as his career went on. He was never a defensive catcher. Never, I mean, but he, he improved. Was, he was okay. But the but thing he, is, is that elite you, offensively, unless you have that guy and, and he settles in with a pitching staff and you can, you, you can't just acquire that and see no, what it those does, especially guys mid-season. are, those guys are, you know, you can count on one hand, the catchers that are elite, both sides of the ball. Yeah. Like you mentioned, Buster Posey, Joe Maurer, like you can, you can, Adley uh, Rushman is definitely the Adley Rushman, Pudge Rodriguez. Like you can count on one hand, like there's once a decade, you get these types of players. Yeah. So I, I would give me the defense all day long, all day long. I, I don't, I don't want to get rid of it. And, and, and frankly, the Higgy, last year. Higgy has been, yeah. If you want the offensive catcher, look what happened. You know, Gary Sanchez is hitting home runs and, and hitting the ball, uh, not for average, but he's hitting, he's productive right now in San Diego. You want to go do that? You want you want to see what happens when they just How many can home hit? runs does he have now? I don't know, but it's, uh, yeah. And Higgy's been better offensively, I think this year. So I don't care. Not about the problem. Not spending not offense. spending time on Yankees catching offense because it is so far uh, down the list of anything that's an issue. What do you think the most players, most positions replaced at a trade deadline is? <laughs> because like the Yankees pitcher. No, no, no. The position um, player? Uh, what I'm saying is what team, uh, a team that replaced like how many positions did they have to replace at the deadline and then actually go and do it, right? Like replacing four positions because like that tweet from Feinsand, catcher outfield starting pitcher bullpen it's like okay every position needs to be replaced yeah except for yeah basically and they have you know four catcher or four people that can play third base uh defensively well so i i still i don't think if you're looking at needs third base doesn't feel like a need for me because you can get collectively you can get a, a decent position out of that Especially if DJ starts playing, uh, starts hitting the ball better. I definitely disagree with that. Um, but like we said, Donaldson's now on the IL. Couple trade deadline rumors before we wrap up. Buster only said on ESPN late last week that the Yankees would be the most motivated team to make a trade for Shohei Otani. Cool. I mean, yeah, neither one of us put that in our deadline um, GM plans because one, it's an absurd trade to even try to speculate, and and I don't even know what the I don't even know what the mid mid year value is for him at this point. I have no he's idea. a rental, but he's also a two way player. It's like 
you're acquiring an ace and a MVP offensive talent. Like, how yeah. do you quantify that? At a rental, at a rental, at a rental, right? I have no, I, I legitimately wouldn't know where to start with that because I feel like everything would be an overpay unless the guys, unless you win the World Series or the guys resigns. Um, well, because that's of the short term, interesting the short term nature is is why you can't do that because you're 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 putting your your franchise on notice, especially essentially because someone's going to go out of their shoes and give you a ton of prospects. Yeah, if you're going to be trading Dominguez and Peraza and Pereira and whoever else for Otani, okay, like you said, you got to win a championship or at least make a deep run. But you kind of also have to like it's got to be a trade and sign, which doesn't which happen. doesn't happen because Otani's going to go to free agency. But yeah. if, unless there's like a handshake agreement behind closed doors, like here's your contract, here's your blank check for the off season, and you're staying in pinstripes. I should better be in, that better be in blood. I'm not making that <laughs> trade for Otani and then having him walk because I don't think they're one player away. Even though Otani, you could make an argument is two players, they're five players away. Well, yeah, I, you put Otani. Yeah, you're you're not you're not wrong. I don't know if they're five high like massively high caliber players away. I think if you have him uh, uh, along with the the nucleus of this team, you can you can put together role players to to put together a good team. Now, will the Yankees, can the Yankees do that? I am not confident in that because they have not proved that they can do anything that resembles putting a team together that actually works as a team. And we just talked about that. If Aaron Judge comes back this year, he's probably going to be DHing more. Well, Altani's a DH. So yeah. that, that is a problem if you were to, if you were to acquire Otani. That is a problem. Because yeah. you want both of them in the lineup. Yeah. And if they both can't be in the lineup, what's the point of having both of them? Right. The other thing is that uh, multiple reports out there that the Yankees would pursue Juan Soto if the Padres make him available at the deadline. He's not a free agent until after 2024 when he will be 26 years old. So this is a season and a half acquisition that Padres just traded for him last year. But I was trying to come up with a trade package for him and to get close to his value on uh, baseball trade values, which is 61 and a half. I had uh, Dominguez, Pereira, and Peraza, which equals a 55.2 value. You got to give is... up all three of those guys to get there? On the, yeah. On the... yeah. I mean, you know and what? You don't Honestly, even get there. But you don't even get there. But, uh, but that's, so what, that... that's, what, that's what the Padres are going to ask for because they traded away their top prospects. So yeah. they're not going to give him away unless they're getting replacement prospects. Right. With less than with a year less of, of control. Um, but – but that's enough to me. You're saying after next year, he's he's a free agent. So you, you get would have him the rest of this year and then all of next year. And then he's a free agent. Honestly, I would probably do that. If I could go back in my plans, I would probably put Soto in my plan. I don't because... think the Padres are trading Soto, though. They just signed Machado. They just signed all these guys. Like They're going yeah, to try and, and win again next year. Again, a year and a half, though, you did just sign Machado. You, you just made that move. So don't you want to make sure that you have sustainability as well uh, it's every tough move, it's tough on every both move sides. they've made they're spending the past, a lot of money too man they're spending a lot of money that's what i'm saying every move they've made over the past two or three years has been we're gonna win right now and trading away juan soto is not that move well i i at some point the the law of diminishing returns is gonna bite them in the they're ass. not winning they're not and winning. It's, yes and it's gonna make them it's gonna force them to make a move and that that's what i'm looking at of course, every time a and if they if they're forecasting if they're looking at that next year and they're seeing themselves middling in the middle of next year if they if they foresee that if someone on the finance side or is someone on the baseball side is, you know what it's gonna be it's gonna take a a a real good signing a real you know surprise player or two that are gonna come up for us to be in position for us to get to that point it, the odds are not in our favor I could see them doing that making that well, move this right now. This ha the Padres have done this before, but every time a mid-market team suddenly comes out and starts spending a ton of money and they don't win, this is the uh, this is the inevitable inevitable path they go down. It's when the pressure, but it's when the the finance pressure hits, which it will hit, especially yes, it will absolutely when hit. it's 2027 and you're still paying Machado and Tatis and all these it's gonna guys. It's going to happen before that. But but you know what I'm saying? It's like it's going to hit sooner than later. Unless you win a championship now, then it's worth it for the Padres. I mean, it's still probably not worth it, but then you say that you can make the argument it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Well, it'd be interesting if uh, obviously either of those two guys, those would be the two biggest names on the market getting dealt, Otani and Soto. But yeah, the Yankees need two outfielders, a third baseman, 
now I'm thinking they need a relief pitcher because we talked about how their bullpen has been struggling and just gassed. Why, why do you, I, I, the third baseman thing is still puzzling me. C- explain to me why you think they need a third baseman with DJ LeMahieu there now. DJ LeMahieu had a nice three game series in Colorado. No, I look, uh, throw that three, give him uh give him an average rebound, just an average rebound, not, not up, but just give him a middle of the pack Aver- rebound. So you're league average getting, offense, league yeah, average offense. Yeah. You're still getting good defense. You're still, I, I just don't know how much you can upgrade that. I mean, uh, league average offense. I don't know if you can upgrade talk, that. I mean, our plans, Candelario has been 25% better than league average. But looking at the, the, the remainder of the season for what you'd have to give up, I just don't know if it's worth it. I really don't. And I, and you, okay, and, fine. If DJ is going to give you average to slightly above average at third base, then of course that, that that's, you have him on the roster. That's fine. And don't you me. have to bank on that? Otherwise he's still on the roster or something like you Dude, have, he's been also, so bad this year, but you also have Peraza. Now you also have, um, you have IKF who can play third. You have multiple. What has Peraza play played like defensive games at third base in his minor league career? Like they're not going to put him at third base regularly. They might. They might. Did he only play three when he was in Scranton? I thought he played more Something than that. Something crazy like two or three. They said mm-hmm. it yesterday on yes. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the guy's got a defensive glove in the infield. so um, I know he does, and you should. I mean. And again, if, you, if, you're, getting stop, two, so. if you're getting two outfield position players, right, to play the outfield, IKF's not going to be out there very as much, so you have another glove at third. Okay, well, you need two bats. How about that? Right. That, and that's where I was going with that. You you just you go for best bat, and and you you kind of figure it out from there. But you, you need, need outfield bats. positions. You need yeah. two bats, and you need some pitching depth, whether that's starter, so you can move some guys to the pen, or you need some relief arms to just bolster that bullpen as it's been getting gassed recently after being really really good for the first half of the season, but also overworked. Yeah, yeah. Have we heard anything about Frankie Montas? Besides the fact that, like in yeah. June, you were like, "Oh, he's he's starting a throwing program." Do you do you was, care? I'm just curious. You know, looking. It's like uh, the Yankee throwback to this 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 uh, this day in Yankees history when they acquired Frankie Montas. It's mm. coming up. They're going to so, make a Yankeeography about it. Where are they now? Uh, just one day, we're going to look at the lineup card, and it's going to be Judge hitting second and Frankie Montas pitching. Like, Whoa! Look at this. Yeah. All right. That's going to wrap up today's show. The Yankees. Speaking of Otani. It's bad. Yankees speaking of Otani, we yeah, got some Otani, uh, West, Ca- West Coast games. We got some uh, some Otani. He was uh, he was pulled from a game, was he not? Is he playing? He's lined up and playing, yeah? Or is he lined up to pitch? Do we have the probables for uh, for what's happening? They don't have a, a starting pitcher for Thursday. I don't know if that's his turn. If you give me... So we've got Severino Canning on Monday. Tonight, Herman Sandoval, and then Radon TBD. So maybe the TBD. Okay, Radon Otani would be fun. Tonight's a huge, huge start for Severino. Huge start. Mm-hmm. Huge start for Severino. Um, so you know, I, I don't know how many more he's going to be getting if he if he's not proving that he's making uh, the, the correct adjustments that he needs if he's fully healthy, as everybody has said he is. So tonight's a really, really big start for him uh, against a, you know, a team he should he should have some success with, right? Like, they can hit the ball a little bit, but but there's no reason for him not to be able to go out there and have a quality start. Cool, see? All right, that's going to wrap it up. We'll talk to you guys in two days. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show... We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.